Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Recorded live. The Savior has come in his mighty power and spoken peace to my soul. And all of my life from that very hour, I yielded to his control. I yielded to his control. Oh, 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 Nobody got it all pegged now, by any stretch of the imagination. How you doing, Brother Chad, Brother David? Doing well. Uh, good to see. Good to have y'all tonight, and glad you folks are here in the chat room. Good to see you again tonight, Brother Merv. Glad you could make it. 
And good to see you too, Brother Ronnie, there as well. It was good talking with you this week, brother. Okay, folks, tonight we're going to be in Revelation chapter 4 again. And I'm um, going to skip around a little bit because I was, uh, before the program started, I was making a comment about the judgment seat of Christ. And I will get to that in a little while. But right now we're going to uh, take a little look at the firmament again and see some odd things and see what you think about these couple of passages we're going to uh, going to read in uh, Ezekiel chapter 1 and in Exodus chapter 24 and see if it sparks anything in your mind, gives you any ideas about anything. But by the firmament, for anybody that's new, we're talking about what's over our head right now that was never done away with, contrary to um, some Christian teaching today trying to um, keep up with their worldly scientists thinking that um, science is throwing spurges on the Word of God when if, when if they'd just stick to the Word of God, they wouldn't have any problem. But they go trying to make apologies to science, and they go, go to try coming up with some false ideas. So the firmament is above our heads, according to the Word of God. Okay, real quick, Brother Dave, read uh, Genesis 1-6, okay? okay? Keep your finger in that one place there and um, where I had you turn, and then uh, read Genesis 1-6. One six, and God said, "Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters." Absolutely, a firmament over our head. That's because you find out, you find out later on when the flood takes place that the doors were opened above our heads. There's waters separating waters, and we were put in the middle. Okay. <laughs> We're in the middle. Contrary, I know, I know, I know if any of you knew, are new or some of you still are hang, trying to hang on to the old Baal worship and heliocentric model, that's okay, you know. It, it's, it's kind of tough if that's what you've been told, like we all was since we was a child, that we were, were, right, were spinning around at a thousand miles an hour and then traveling so many tens of thousands of miles an hour around the the sun, I guess it is kind of weird you should hear this kind of talk. But anyway, the firmament above our heads. You know, you you wonder about, well, is anything up there other than what the Word of God says? It says in, in there in Genesis that he put the stars and the sun and the moon inside the firmament. In other words, it's enclosed. Yes, amen. It's enclosed, folks, okay? So you wonder, well, if, if, if this is true, if all this new stuff flying up about the, the, the flat plane or the it's not a globe and all this stuff, which it's not, it can't, it, it's, just, it's just ludicrous now that you step back and see the truth. Can anything be up there? Well, we want to read about Something can yes, something can be flying around in the sky. Okay, something can be between the firmament and the earth flying around. Not only are the stars there moving, and the earth and the sun and the moon, but we're going to see in Ezekiel chapter one some other things, and it's going to tell you in plain black and white English that there's something flying below the firmament. And it's going to tell you that God speaks from above the firmament because it tells us in Isaiah 
that the earth is his footstool and he's above us. So, brethren, I want you to start in Ezekiel and just start reading at verse 1 and read down to verse 22. I'll tell you what, just skip all the preliminary stuff. Start at verse 10 in Ezekiel 1 and read from 10 to verse 22. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 10. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man and the face of a lion. On the right side, and they four had the face of an ox. On the left side, they four also had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, and their wings were stretched upward. Two wings of every one were joined one to another, and two covered their bodies. And they went every one straight forward, whither the spirit was to go. They went, and they turned not when they went. For the likeness of the living creature, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, and like the appearance of lamps. It went up and down among the living creatures, and the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning. And the living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now, as I beheld the living creatures, behold, one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures with his four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their work was like unto the color of a burl, and they four had one likeness, and their appearance and their work was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they I, went, you to stop right there for just a second. Let me throw this in there. I'm sure you TV watchers that watch ancient aliens know this is really a spaceship, according to them. See, <laughs> and we, once once we get into Revelation chapter five you'll start noticing the same kind of description. Every time you hear God's throne, when the descriptions start coming up about it and about the cherubim, the four cherubim that surround it. Now, you know, there was five. Now there's only four. You know that, right? There was a cherub that covered, you know. There was five original. Originally, there was five cherubs. Now there's only four. Well, that's what he's describing here as cherubim, Okay. And you're going to see this throne language anytime you run across God in his throne, like we did in Daniel 7, and we'll, we'll encounter it again when we get into Revelation chapter 5. I just wanted to throw that in there. Continue reading, brother. When they went, they went upon <clears throat> their four sides, and they turned not when they went. As for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes round about them, four. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Whithersoever the spirit was to go, they went. Thither was their spirit to go. And the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. I guess that's rocket fuel. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. When those went, these went. 
And when those stood, these stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up over against them. For the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above. And under the firmament were their wings straight, the one toward the other. Every one had two, which covered on this side, and every one had two, which covered on that side, their bodies. And when they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of great waters, as the voice of the Almighty, the voice of speech, as the voice of an host. When they stood, they let down their wings. And there was a voice from the firmament that was over their heads. Ah, above. That's right. Continue reading, brother. Yeah, and it said they were below it. That's right. Voice above. That's correct. When they stood and had let down their wings, and above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone. Keep in mind that sapphire stone, folks, when we go to uh, Exodus 24. This firmament is above. There's something above. This likeness of the throne. Remember, the earth is his footstool, and these cherubims are flying around underneath. Read, finish the verse on that, brother. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. All right. Remember in Daniel seven, when it gave it gave um, God is the appearance of a man. His beard was white as snow. Daniel 7, and then the cloud rider, Jesus Christ, comes on another throne, coming to yes. the ancient of days, remember? Yes. The cloud rider of Daniel 7, that's what, like I told you before, that's, that's what Jesus Christ quoted to Caiaphas whenever they rent their clothes because he claimed to be that second member, that second part of the Godhead. That's what he claimed, and that's the reason they killed him. That eventually, essentially, that was the reason. That was the last accusation they made against him. Right there was blasphemy. So we see here this, this throne likeness, this throne language, and we see the likeness of a man above the firmament, with the other ones below the firmament, over and over again. Rakia, Rakia. That's what it is in the Hebrew. Okay, it's like. Something beaten out. There's really no perfect explanation for it. It's like some beaten out metal. Real quick, Brother Dave, go to your Strong's Concordance and read everything it's got on the firmament, okay? It's the word rakia. Oh, you mean just look it up here, the word firmament? Yeah, yeah, just just, okay. just click on it um, okay. and see what all the definitions. Beaten out metal um, that you can see through. It's just wild what it is. Okay, uh, outline of biblical usage says extended surface, solid, expanse, firmament. Uh, A, 1A, expanse in brackets, flat as base, support, closed bracket. B, 
firmament, brackets, of vault of heaven supporting waters above, close bracket, uh, B-I, considered by Hebrews as solid and supporting waters above. <laughs> considered by Hebrews. That's what the Bible says, dummy. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Only the Hebrews believed the Bible, though. Amen. <laughs> that, that's that's what they imply there in that reading. Okay, brother. Strong's says. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, properly, an expanse, i.e., the firmament, or in brackets, apparently visible arch of the sky, firmament. Haven't y'all ever wondered why a rainbow's in an arch? Why does one of the rainbow just go straight out? Why does it go from horizon to horizon? Yes. Ever wonder? I wonder why they call it sea level. I wonder why everything's measured by sea level, Brother Sergio. Sea level. Yes. Because, <laughs> because it's all level. <laughs> That's right. There is no curvature, folks. They stick it in front of your face, the people that know. But let me stop right here for just a second and explain where I come, uh, where the the direction I'm coming from. Okay, as if some of you didn't already know. Of course, I'm sure there'll be new downloaders and some maybe some new folks in the chat room that don't know where this crazy wild Alabamian's coming from. I strictly believe with all of my heart and all my spiritual being that you're what you think are your rulers are no more your rulers than H.R. Puppin stuff and Tiny Tim, okay? They're no more than puppets. That's not according to my opinion. That's according to the Word of God, if you believe Ephesians 6, Okay? Throughout the scriptures, it tells about these principalities and powers. It tells you that a third of the heavenly host fell with Satan. Well, we know that 200 came on down and got in physical bodies by putting off their orchiterion, according to Jude, so they could mate with human women. Well, what about the rest of the third? Have you ever stopped to think where they are? What are they doing? The scripture gives you hints all the way through. We've hit them just about all the hints that I can that I can come up with for you. And I know there's many, many more. There's a, there's the divine council that it talks about in Second Kings, the council before the Lord, where he decides to send a lion spirit down. To make Jehoshaphat and Ahab go up to get what? What was that name of that battle? Mount. Uh, what battle was that, Brother David? He was going. He, that lion spirit went to send him after. He sent sent him down to convince Ahab to go. Oh get yeah. I'm sorry, I forget, but I remember oh, the context. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make, folks. The point I'm trying to make is this. You live in a breakaway civilization. You are you're no more than an ant. To the not see when you think principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places in, in Ephesians six, you think of some will of the wisp cast for the friendly ghost. 
See, that's what that that that's what I have. If I've tried to do anything over the last three years, going on four, if I've tried to do anything, I've tried to bring to your attention that spiritual does not mean not literal. When it talks about spiritual beings, they're they're probably more real than we are. You know, it gets back to that old, you know, thing. If there's a, well, I better, I better not go that direction. I will go be going that way for an hour and a half, and I'm not going to do it. But anyway, we live in it. You are nothing. You're cattle. You're chattel. Okay. Period. I don't know how great you think I'm Israelite. I don't care how great, powerful, wonderful you think you are, or any of your people are. Them days are history. You lost your identity. You were cast off by the Lord. And through His mercy and love were let back in and given a new name as a Christian. Now then we're getting to the end of the, t- end of, end of the, end of the period of time called the time of the Gentiles. To where that's going to come to us. That's going to come to an end. Won't be no more faith. Won't be no more grace through faith. Won't be no unmerited love by Jesus Christ's righteousness and faith. Because the moment you start seeing things, faith goes out the window, folks. Have you stopped to think about it? The moment you lay eyes on something, there's no more faith involved. Faith is a substance of things Hope for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. Not seen. So the moment, the moment you start seeing the things of God, literally and physically, like it was in the old, under the old covenant, like they did, like our forefathers did, they got to see that stuff. Therefore, there wasn't any faith involved. That's why under the new covenant, it is by faith. The just shall live by faith. It's by grace through faith plus nothing. Once you start seeing, then there is no more faith. And we're going to run into that as we, as we go further on into the book of Revelation. But getting to my point, these principalities and powers were once visible these spiritual beings were once visible to everybody, they're going to be again. Whenever that takes place and they start being visible to everybody again, you can rest assured that that's the point of time. That's the, that's the, that, that is my, that's my barrier that I use in my own mind. Once that stuff becomes visible again, Boom, God's stuff becomes visible again, face out the window. That's why you got an angel preaching another gospel in the book of Revelation. Why has all that got to do with the firmament, you say? Because we live in an enclosed system where the world wants you to believe that you're just a speck, insignificant speck in the far corner of an S-shaped nebula going through an infinite universe. When God's watching everything we do, 
And he's just as close as the other side of the firmament. You say, how high is it? Don't know. I've heard, um, and you have too, that uh, it could be like 66 miles to 70-some miles. Not that high, but, you know, these are estimates. Oh, I've heard, yeah, I've heard different, different, yes, absolutely, I have. And another thing you need to remember as well, the, with this firmament comes the different levels of heaven, see. You don't, you, everybody, everybody just lumps heaven into one big thing, or two things, and there's not. There's at least three. First heaven, second heaven, third heaven. There's at least three, because Paul was caught up to the third, and we know that's where God is, because that's where Paul was caught up to, the third heaven and saw things that he couldn't talk about when he came back. So all that is encompassed along with this firmament business we're reading about, okay? It is so low that we're fixing to find out that, that God at the top of a mountain comes down and meets Moses and, re, and re-gives him the law again, and that's where Brother Chad's fixing to read in Exodus chapter 24. But I'm tying all this stuff together to try to get you to understand it's it's that this the word that we're not list folks folks this place, this is not our home we're pilgrims we're not of this earth you're going to see oh, as we go on through the book of Revelation it, it's going it's going to make a difference between this set of this remnant Israelites it's going to talk about blindness in part has happened to Israel till the fullness of the Gentiles become in Romans eleven. See, that time period ends. But as we go through the book of Revelation, you're going to see a a difference made between the the dwellers of the earth and this remnant, this other bunch of people. You're not going to see the word church anymore. But us, right now, during this time, this period of grace, faith by grace through faith, this wonderful period of God's love, of John 3.16, of the last 2,000 years, that, that, that salvation, the unmerited love, became a free gift. Folks, it's going to be over one day. See, you got all these people that, would, that do not understand, there was none of that grace through faith earlier. That's the Old Testament over and over and over again. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Well, a sinner saved by grace through faith sins till the day he dies. Because sin dwells in him. That's why there had to be a redeemer. A kinsman redeemer. Now, I'm not going to go into the old the whole doctrine of salvation again, but I want you just to, just to wrap your mind around how important your spiritual life is. You hear what I said? Because some of you, yeah, you, your spiritual life is third and fourth on, 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 in, on your priority list. Yeah, you. Hey, I've been there. I know what it's like. Sometimes it's that way now. I have to get out of it. It should be number one. God demands it. 
Where in the world did you ever get? He didn't demand it. When you brethren want to recite the first and great commandment, Love your Lord God with all your body, mind, and soul. Every That's the number one. That's everything. That's number one priority. you got to have it in order for the rest of your life to be in, con, in, in conjunction in order as well. You may think you're doing fine. According to the world's way of looking at things and according to what your brother thinks about you. But in all reality, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, you ain't doing worth a tinker, okay? Because you God the things of God and the things of the Lord, you throw him crumbs. He gave his life, you throw him crumbs. Something's wrong there. That picture isn't right. Do I have to be the one to tell you that? I don't hear any of those. Well, don't don't go there, Don. Um, lying spirit. Lying spirit was First Kings 22. It was uh, Je- Jehoshaphat when and he was had asked. Him. Yep. Yeah, by the king of Israel, and he wanted him to bring forth the prophets to speak to him whether they should go up the war against Syria. Oh, yeah, I was just trying to remember what the war was. Yes. I was just trying to give the make the presentation about this, this set of beings that are before the Lord, yes. the council. Absolutely. Prescient at the moment was the speaking of a lying spirit, whereas many entertain such as opposed to the Word of God. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. And we're going to see in the book, as we go into um, further in the book of Revelation, the seven spirits of God. But folks, I'm, 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 I'm drilling this. I'm, I'm bringing this home right this second. This is not broad. I'm not shooting with a shotgun now. I'm shooting with a 270 with a sniper scope. I said, Did, does he bleed and die and, go, and carry your sins to hell for you to throw him crumbs? Why do you think Brother Don is always screaming about service? Because everything that's worth it that's that's worth mentioning is later. Everything that lasts for eternity, everything that matters, that really, really matters, is later. It's not now. Everything here now is temporal. Everything now is temporal. Your 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 life here. Is temporal. Your love, your hatred, your wife, your kids, is temporal. Your stock market, your bank account, your cash is temporal. What you do spiritually with those temporal things add up on the other side 
in eternal things. See, and how you deal with all that determines where your heart's at. See, there's there's nothing got to do with judging, folks. It's fact. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's what the books see. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ, the essence of God manifest in the flesh, said in two different Gospels. When's the last time you broke down And actually, earnestly before the Lord, throwed it all down at His feet. Your sins, your wickedness, your unlovingness, your unattentiveness to the things of Him, to the things of the Lord. And repented of your love for this world and the things of this world, which you're commanded to hate. You're of this world, but you're you're on you're in this world now, but you're not of this world. We are pilgrims. In John 17, Christ said, "We were not of this world." I see. I don't go off into all that doctrine because that'll just get you all fim puzzled around and all geeky eyed about a bunch of strange mess that ain't gonna do you no good now. That ain't gonna do you no good at the judgment seat of Christ. I know as much about that stuff as any of them fathead blowhards out there. I ain't going to talk about it. I'm just telling you it's there. Okay? You're eternal. But you were put here for a reason. We're going to hit that reason. I went to it at least 15 times in the last three years. Maybe 20. We'll hit it at the last verse of, of, of Revelation chapter 4. And it ain't for you. You're not here to have a good time. I'm not here to have a good time. I'm not here to feel good. Okay? You're not here to feel good. It's, you're not here to be all smiles and happy all the time. When you are, praise God. You better be you better be giving him the thanks first. Because all good and perfect things come from the Father above, from the Father of lights. When's the last time you washed yourself with this book? The washing of the word. And it, and, and beg to forgive me of the sin, Lord, that's in my life. Forgive me for my lying. Forgive me for my stinginess. Forgive me for my my heathen actions, my laziness, my unrepentance. Forgive me of my tears that are fake. Or as this old Presbyterian used to pray, forgive me, Lord, of my fake repentance and me repenting right now. Even my repentance needs to be repented of and wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ. 
In other words, when did you, when's the last time you realized how sorry as hell you really are and how fortunate you are to be called a child of the king? Amen. So you can holler Jesus Christ till it makes you hoarse. But until you start applying Jesus Christ in your life and let Him live through you, it ain't nothing but just vain words. You can, t- you can turn that boob tube to all kind of channels and they'll be jumping around and clapping their hands in Jesus this and Jesus that. Let's put a bad name to our Savior. Let's put a bad rap on our Savior's name. Even to the point to where you've got these other extreme idiots out there running around out there trying to Yahshua and Yehudi and all this other stuff. Because they see the hypocrisy. I understand why they do what they do. They see the hypocrisy and the lies. You're not supposed to be a part of it, folks. You're supposed to be the elect of God. Chosen out. Called out. Or do you even have, do you even know what conviction is? Do you know what being convicted of the Holy Spirit is? That's one of his jobs, you know. That's one of the reasons he was sent, you know. You know faith cometh by hearing, right? And hearing by the Word of God. And it just so happened to please God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. These are the important things. Real charity, real love for the brethren, not lip service. Lay up, by Paul's mouth and Jesus' mouth both, lay up treasure in heaven. Not here. It tells you in Hebrews 11 that some of God's greatest jewels that lived in caves, they weren't even worth, this world wasn't even worthy of them. Wasn't even worthy of them. They were destitute. It goes through a whole list. The first 1,500 years after the resurrection, true Christianity has always been beat back and beat down. After the time of compromise, that's all it's been, except for a few. It's always a remnant, folks. It's always the least. It ain't the mostest. It's the leastest.
The only time we'll be the mostest is when the Lord gets rid of all the scumbags. And they take a swim in the lake of fire. I trust you that have downloaded this program and you in the chat room have made your peace with God. Now you need to make peace about your service for him. You don't want to fall into that shame category and that naked category that it talks about in Revelation 3. Because it's not by works of righteousness which we have done that he saved us by his mercy and by his grace. Not that we loved him, but he loved us and gave himself for us. And we're going to throw him crumbs. That gratitude. You see, that's one of that's one of our sacrifices today. Thanksgiving is a sacrifice. Tells you that in the book of Hebrews. That we're supposed to give the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And then Paul tells you what you're supposed to give thanks for. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You think about that. God willing, I'm not going to, well, this program won't go on and on and on and on and on from week to week to week till I won't bring this to your attention. This is not about tickling your ears. We talk about some wild stuff here. We talk about some deep stuff so deep it drowns the most milk-sop Christians that don't know the book. But I'm putting you on level playing field with the milk now. You elect of God better be thinking about the other side and what you're doing for him. Your service from him, for him, your love for him and your brother. That's the only two commandments you're under now. Because the whole law is encompassed in those two. Brother Chad, start reading in Exodus 24. Sure thing, Pastor Don. If I could, I'll just say a quick quick, uh, prayer to the Lord. Go right ahead, brother. Heavenly Father, we're blessed to have you and to be in the presence of you, Lord. For we know there were at least two or three of us tonight that are gathering in your name, Lord. And the truths that we've heard so far, we, we hope that they ring, ring true for us and for all time. Anyone within the, within the uh, within, uh, reach of these, voice, of these voices, anyone that can hear this, Lord, for now or, or, or later in, or in all time, Lord. Because you, to, you told us straight in your words, Lord, that we should love the Lord thy God with all of our hearts and with all of our soul and with all of our mind, Lord. And this is where we're coming from, Lord. We know we are on, on, 
an un we don't deserve anything that we have, Lord. It's only through your grace and through your mercy that we're even here and prepared, Lord. We lift our Pastor Don up and we 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 give him to you, Lord. Show us the truth in your words, Lord, that we may be able to grow and that we be edified and taught in your will, Lord, so that we may do better and be part of your body in a way that pleases you, Lord, and not ourselves, because we know we are terrible, terrible sinners, Lord. We spend all our time in the flesh and of our minds and of our pride, Lord. We want you to help us erase that from our, from our, we know we can't release ourselves from our body, Lord, but if we can just live within our inner, inward man, Lord, in, inside the soul, separate from the body for a moment or two, that we can be graced by your, by your revelation, Lord. We ask that you give this to us now, and uh, we thank you for, for, for our salvation. Yes, Lord. And for our assembly tonight, Lord. In your precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Exodus 24. Yes. Uh, verse 1. Yes. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and Abihu. 70 of the... That's Abihu. Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord hath said will we do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and builded an altar under the hill and twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half Are the you blood. in chapter 24, brother? Yes. If we start at verse 9, just drop on down to verse 9. Exodus, correct? Yes. Exodus chapter 24, just start at verse there 9. On page. Verse 9, then went up Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu. Abihu. Abihu, pardon me. It's <laughs> <That's> okay, brother. <laughs> Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. Okay, they saw the God of Israel. Really? Is that right? They thought God was a spirit. <laughs> no man has seen God at any time. <laughs> Go on, keep on reading, brother. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone. Bingo! There's your firmament. He's above it. Doesn't it say he's above it, Brother Dave? Doesn't it say yes, under sir. his feet? Yes, it did. Absolutely. And by the way, I think if, if that sapphire stone is the same sapphire stone we know today, it's a blue color. Interesting, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. There are many colors of sapphire, but for, uh, the, the, the one most people associate with... Um, Sapphire is blue, but yes, and that's also in the breastplate 
the sapphire is blue. Yes. Just interesting. Interesting. Above, we'll see, they saw God. He's above the firmament. His feet's on the firmament. And it was paved. It was paved work as a sapphire stone. Blue. Even if it's not blue, I'm just saying, folks. It's there. If you believe the book. This is figurative language and really Moses. Uh, I don't want to hear none of that BS because that's all it is. You know, this book's going to judge you one of these days. I wonder where you're going to pick out the figurative and allegorical parts to God and point them out to him when he uses this book to judge you. Hmm? Brother Dave turned to Malachi chapter 3. I was just thinking, too, you know, uh, the prism and the rainbow have all the colors, and actually the sapphires have all those colors. Absolutely, brother. And, and, And you see... You're going to find out as we get in further on into the book of Revelation that it's going to mention all these colors. Mm-hmm. And all these colors are part of the breastplate that was originally and originally in the, in the breastplate of Israel. We really don't even... We really, colors through the generations have changed so much in people's um, different cultures, give them different colors and different names. It's hard to come up with the right ones. That's but right. Ori- the original colors that that God's interested in were the original colors in the breastplate. You I was re- trying to nail down what kind of stone the tribe of Dan had, mm-hmm. and I, I, I like I spent a couple of days reading this and reading the other thing, and you, they don't really know what kind of color of stone the stone of the tribe of Dan was. <laughs> That's a trip, man. Yeah. No, so, like that's how much it's changed, you that's know, correct. like you were saying. That's right, brother. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I want you to go to Malachi chapter three, and okay. I want you to start reading about the middle of the chapter. I don't know when you start reading if you're where I want you. Okay. I want you to listen to this. What he saw, what um, God writes here in Malachi about this this judgment business in the books, and what he does with some of his saints. Okay, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, no, I will start send... in the middle, brother. Okay, in the middle? Right, just start oh. about verse 5, 6. Okay. And verse 5. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, and against the adulterers, and against false swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right. And fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. Okay, folks, do you know what it means to fear God? I'm just asking you. Fear the discipline and judgment. Hey, that's what that's the point I'm trying. I'm letting people think about this. Mm. Yes. Continue reading, brother. Verse six. For I am the Lord; I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your father, ye are gone away from mine ordinances. 
and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, it tickles me to death. <laughs> All these Torah folks and that, they might as well just get them a, buy them a stock in the in, uh, lamb herd and then start sacrificing everybody trying to go back under the old covenant. I mean, they, God just said, they and nobody ever keep it anyway. Yes. And then keep it anyway, folks. Why do you want something different when you've been given grace free? Like Paul's told the Galatians, ye that desire to be under the law, you've fallen from grace. Continue reading, brother. Saith the Lord of hosts, but ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with the curse, for ye have robbed me, even the whole nation. Bring ye... I wonder how those Yashurs and everybody didn't... They tried to keep all this? (laughs) Brother, it's a joke. People look... I don't mean to sound so mean to some of our brothers and sisters out there. But it is a freaking joke. You hear what I said? A freaking. It's crazy, like its hair stuck out. It's a joke. These people who are faithful in trying to keep this are Christians. Now, they're doing it out of good intentions, but this is Old Testament, folks. I don't care if you're a Christian or a Christian identist or whatever, it's still Old Testament. But at least these Christians, with all their sincerity, are the ones trying to keep it. I don't see any Christian Israelites running around taking up tithes of everything they make. Of course not. They try to keep you from tithing and try to keep you from supporting your teacher and keep you from the straight commandments of God that commands Mm -hmm. you to do that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And, folks, the thing about it is, though they may be honest and, and sincere in what they're doing, I just quoted you a new covenant passage. Paul told the Galatians were honest and sincere, too. And Paul told them the consequences. Because it's adding to, it's, it's trying to say, this, let me boil it down to just straight language, okay? Let me just boil it down to straight language. God... You dying and taking that punishment and your blood and, and dumping my sins in hell wasn't enough. Or as it says in Hebrews, doing despite to the grace of God. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Verse 10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, Saith the Lord of hosts, If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Okay, under the old covenant, under the old covenant ordinances of tithing, that's what God promised. And under the New Testament, Brother Chaz should know where it's at, and talks about God loveth a cheerful giver, then the only conditional promise that's given to Christians happens to be for their giving. 
And it's his promise that he'll make all things abound towards you, that you have insufficiency in all things, but it's conditioned upon your giving. That's the only conditional promise in the new covenant. You hear what I said? Don't you believe a word I said? You go and search it out for yourself. Maybe then you'll be obedient. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. That's in Second uh, Corinthians nine, round verse. <laughs> Amen, brother. Just read it for him, brother Chad. Read, read it for him. Sure. Start at seven. Every man according to his purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Bingo. Y'all think I was just quoting some off-the-wall version? Uh, No, I was quoting the Word of God, and it's the absolute truth what I told you. That's the only conditional promise. Everything else is unconditional. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, what have we spoke so much against thee? Ye have said, It is vain to serve God, and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinances? You see, there ain't no different today, folks. It ain't no different today because that's your actions. What profit is to me now, see? Just breadcrumbs to God, the rest to me now, for the now and now, see? So you can rest assured on the other side breadcrumbs is all you'll get. You say, well, is this as long as I'm there? Folks, don't never let those words ever come out of your mouth. Just take take that from somebody that knows, okay? Don't ever let those words come out of your mouth. It's, that's, that's the closest thing to blasphemy that I know of. Because it's actually running down the precious blood of Jesus Christ and what he did. Hey, man, this is one of the most ridiculous things ever. You're talking about an eternity, and you're going to be happy with breadcrumbs? You I worked know. his whole life just I to know, get brother. to the point where you even love Jesus Christ in a, in, a, in a convicted, actual way, and, and that's... It's, it's frustrating. That's and you, and you, you might say, well, I don't know what to do. I won't. I won't. You, have you spent the time to find out? See? Or have you paid any attention to the one that busts your guts trying to tell you what to, to tell you what it's about? That's why he calls us out. That's a, That's the reason for the calling. I ain't no different than you. 
I'm just called. I'm just a call. I'm just a called vessel of God. I have a certain calling. Okay. I go through the same passions, the same sin, everything as you do. I just have a specific calling. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Malachi 3, verse 14. Ye have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept His ordinances, ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. See there? It ain't no different. To, it, it ain't no different in 2016, folks, than when this was penned. Those thoughts still run through your mind. It's old as the book of Job. Why do the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer? The oldest question since creation. And when the answer comes, I would imagine you and I both, when the complete answer comes, we're going to be so ashamed. I said we are going to be so ashamed it's going to be bad. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Verse, start verse 16. Okay. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord. I want you to read that verse again. Brother Chad, there's something you're doing that's picking up noise, and it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> okay, it stopped, whatever it was. Verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. No different today, folks. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding the good and the evil. You believe that? Let me ask you again. Let me ask you. Let me get up real close to the microphone here. You really believe that? Did your actions show it? Continue reading, Brother Dave. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Remember Paul said, you know you shall judge angels, you know you'll judge the world. He's telling his jewels here. Then ye shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God. Let me say that again. Between him that serveth God and him that serveth 
am not. Revelation chapter 4. What time is it, Brother Chad? 8.21 Central. We've been on how long? That's uh, exactly one hour and five minutes from recording time. Okay. Okay, Brother Chad, turn to Matthew chapter 25 while Brother Dave turns to Revelation chapter 4. Okay, Revelation chapter 4. The other night when we were going over this, I talked to you folks about the doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture, and I made some references to it and um, why it's believed and how now you know the rebuttals. I know all the rebuttals. I know all their proof texts. I didn't go over all of them the other night. I mentioned some of them. But I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you some of the best evidences for this catching away. Well, there is a catching away. There's no doubt about it. You'd have to deny the word of God. It's when it is, is the kicker, okay? That's the, that's the deal. It's when it when is this catching away. Are there two? Are there two catchings away? See, they said that the pre-tribulation, I hate to use that word, the preacher, well, I'm going to do it anyway. The pre-tribulation rapturists believe there's two catching aways. Are they wrong? See, they say that there's a catching away that here, and they say this is where the church disappears. Well, folks, the word church does disappear. <laughs> it disappears totally. Yes. And it does not occur again except in type in Revelation chapter 22. And you can find the bride. We will see. We will see ourselves, but we won't be called church. I wonder why. I'll show you some of that in just a minute. Okay? But I just want to tell you that they've got a good argument. But they say there's two. They say that Christ comes secretly to catch away his bride, which I tell you that the bride is separate from the whosoever wills. I make a distinction myself as far as the division goes. They make a division that the bride will be caught up in this secret rapture. He'll come to his own secretly. I have no idea where they get. Excuse me. Yes, I do too. And it's stretching it. And then they say at the end that we'll come back with him, which is true. We will return with Christ at the end to mop up at the end of the wrath of God. They say there's two catching the ways, a secret one and the one openly. They try to make a division between Revelation 4 and 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You can't find a division, folks, in there. I can't. Because Paul plainly tells you that that day shall not overtake you as a thief. Well, that means it's not secret right off the bat. Except that man of sin be revealed first. We went over it last week. They won't even talk about 2 Thessalonians. The ones that do will try to tell you that there's a comma that separates 2,000 years. You heard me right. I come from I come from one of those. 
But let's see if there possibly if there is two catchings away. I took you last week and went ahead and went to Revelation chapter 11, which is the pivotal chapter. Like Daniel 7 is one of the pivotal chapters of prophecy in the whole Bible. Well, in the book of Revelation, Daniel, I mean, Revelation chapter 11 is a pivotal chapter in the whole book. That's why I went to it so many times. And I took y'all there the other night, and I showed you where I think that we go up at. But let's go, let's, i tell you what, Brother Dave, read verse 1 in chapter 4 again. Read verse 1 and 2, okay? Okay. Revelations chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which okay. said... I want you to stop right there. This did this is a voice like a trumpet. It doesn't say it's a trumpet. <laughs> it says right. it's like a trumpet. And it's talking with him. <laughs> they, 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 they'll stop and, and strain at other places, but they don't stop here. I'm talking about the pre-tribulation rapture, folks, okay? They'll try to say this is, uh, this is absolutely the trump of God it's talking about in Thessalonians. It, this doesn't say, it says it's like a trumpet and it's talking with him, okay? Continue reading, brother. And it's going to say something that's only said three times in the whole Bible. Continue reading. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither. Okay, I want you to stop right there. See those three words, come up hither? Those three words are only mentioned three times in Scripture. Look it up, Brother Dave, real quick. And you're, concordant. you're right there in your blue letter Bible. Okay. Type in, come up hither, and see if it's not mentioned only three times in Scripture. It's, I think it's in Proverbs, and it's right here, and it's also in Revelation chapter 11. See if I'm right about that. Okay. Come up here the three times, right? Proverbs twenty five seven, Revelations four one, Revelations eleven twelve. Okay. Three and I read read the one in Proverbs real quick to us. What does it okay. say in the context? Proverbs twenty five verse seven. For better it is that it be said unto thee, Come up hither, than that thou shouldest be put lower in the presence of the prince whom hmm. thine eyes have seen. Wow. Well, I could say something about that, but I'm not sure. Okay, the next two times it occurs is in the book of Revelation. Right here's yeah. one, the other time's in Revelation chapter 11. Somebody is told to get off the earth, okay, and come up in them clouds. Here yeah. it says, come up hither. Here is John. And I told you they use, they take and run in the ground, John being a type of the church, which it, you can't... It, he is a type of the church, folks. Do you hear what I said? He definitely is a type of the church. Yes. But the problem that I have is they use John as the type that goes up here as the bride or as the ones that are caught up and never have to die. See, they use, they use John as that type. But see, John died. 
See? They won't mention to you that the type they're supposed to be a type of, their type they're supposed to be a type of is Enoch. Enoch's the one that never dies. So the ones that are alive, Paul says, that are alive and remain after the dead are raised first, the ones that are alive and remain are the ones that are caught up and and they're a type of Enoch. Enoch's a type of them or they're a type of Enoch. The typology holds true there all the way through. There's a bunch that never dies, just like Enoch. There's a bunch that dies one that dies twice. That are raised up later on. We're going to find out at the resurrection that are raised up and then wind up having to go through another judgment and die again. And it's the second death. They go into the lake of fire. That's the way they come up. That's the reason your Christians come up with the saying, born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. The lake of fire is the second death, folks. That's what the book says. So if what this, about... Uh, Revelations, uh, excuse me. If this Revelations 4, 1 was supposed to be um, John as the church coming up, uh, John here is just beginning the revealing of Jesus Christ, and he's uh, having revealed to him all these mysteries and given this great revelation. I understand. That's, that's true, and, brother. That's absolutely and, true. And on top of that as well, he mentions nothing about his body being transformed. Absolutely not one solitary writes, thing. Yeah, and he writes every details about all this revelation, and yet, if he was supposed to be representing the Bride of Christ, wouldn't he mention how his body was changed? Absolutely. Of course he would. That's, that's, another, that's another problem. What you're mentioning is a problem I've had with it for years. Oh, yes. Okay. That's what you just now mentioned is a problem I've had with it for years. Paul goes into detail mentioning that changed body. Yes. And Paul's not a type of the church. <laughs> Paul's not a type of the church. He's the best man. He gives away the bride. Yes. See. Mm-hmm. So if what the, the see the biggest problem everybody all the theologians, all the Bible quote unquote scholars. The problem you have with at the end as as I have as well. You're going to see this with we're going through here is chronology. We found in chapter 1, verse 19, the Lord said he was going to show to John three things. Past, the present, and the future. Yes. Mm -hmm. Finding the chronology of these things in here, folks, it's tough. Because you're going to see, we're going to go through from, from the beginning of the time of Jacob's trouble to the end in different aspects of it three times. With seals, trumpets, and vials. Three different, three, and, it, and it's going to it's going to seem like it goes to the end, and it's going to stop, and it's going to go back and go through it again in a different way. Give you different aspects of this period of time. They try to make it seven years, and they get that out of Daniel chapter nine. We'll talk about that when we get to Daniel chapter nine. I'm I'm of the I'm of the persuasion 
that is stuck on three and a half years because I believe the first seven chapters of Acts take place, take take away the first three and a half years of that seven years that it talks about in Daniel. That's why that doctrine is so important. That's the reason I teach it as hard as I do. Because I believe there's only three and a half years left on that timetable. And I believe that the wrath is only poured out in the last, probably the last five months of those three and a half years. That's what I teach. That's what I believe. Am I, am I absolutely 100% certain? No. You hear me? <laughs> Did you hear me? I yes. said, no, I'm not certain. And again, again it, the chronology is so tough. finding out what is present, what is past. You know right here, this first three words in this in chapter 4 mean, and after these things, this happens. That's what, that's what it means, folks, okay? He dealt in chapter 1, the Lord is totally different than chapter 2 and chapter 3. In chapter 2 and chapter 3, nobody can argue that it's dealing with the church. And the church is. Nobody can argue that part because, like I said, it don't appear, it don't it don't show up no more. The word church does not occur. It doesn't talk about the bride till the end. And the bride, the bride standing beside the spirit, and the bride standing beside the Lord, giving an invitation to whosoever will. Then. So I'm I'm wanting you to think. I'm wanting you to get the Lord to show you something here. Maybe will. Then he hadn't shown me or anybody else. Because you can get 1,500 different opinions on what I'm talking about, folks. And out of the 1,500, 700 of them will have Scripture. Okay? Yeah, if you think I'm kidding, just go listen to a, little, a few of them. See what I'm telling you. And they won't be as gracious and say that they're not sure. They'll think they know. But now there's some things that I know about this book, and I'll say that it is absolute fact. Then that's got to do with the bride. I have no doubt about that. Now I want to show you, I want, we're going to slip ahead just a, a chapter. I want to show. No, no, we're not. No, I'm not going to do that because we'll, we'll, we'll. I'll be making myself out a liar again. We'll wind up two hours. I'm not going to do it. So, brother Dave, continue on reading. Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Oh, now there you go. There's another. There's another hint. So the Lord's saying, "Come up hither, John." John, he leaves the Isle of Patmos. He's caught up in the spirit. Into the third heaven, undoubtedly. It doesn't say that, but undoubtedly it is because of what happens in chapter 5. And the things you see, you, we're going to see later on here, he sees the throne of God. So he's going to show him things that's going to happen hereafter. Hereafter what? Hereafter what he's previously talked about. Well, 
Then you run into the problem he's previously talked about, the churches, the condition of the churches. You can, nobody can argue that. All you got to do is flip one chapter back and say what I'm saying. This is 19 times the church is mentioned. From chapter 4 backwards to chapter 1, 19 times. It don't, chapter, it don't show up no more. That ecclesia, that ecclesia, the called out ones, does not show up anymore. Has it got to do with the chronology? What is the Lord doing here? This is what causes all the problems, folks. They've got, they've got grounds to stand on for what they believe. That's what I'm trying to say. And I'll show you the best grounds that I've seen yet that they've got as we get to it. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Verse 2, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and, behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. So there he is. Come up hither, John. And he's up there where? He's looking at the throne. So you know where he's at. Continue reading. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And here comes all these. these y- y- y'all, does anybody ever wonder why a diamond don't ever show up? <laughs> This is this ain't got nothing to do with the, with the teaching. I just wanted to ask you that question. Have you ever stopped to think why diamonds don't ever show up? Mm, yeah. Because diamonds are actually worthless. Yes, I was going to say. Diamonds Back are in those actually days they were. worthless, folks. Yeah, yeah. That 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 five hundred to a thousand, two thousand dollars you spend on that ring, it's actually worthless. They're actually useful as cutting instruments. No, that's I mean, but what <laughs> I'm talking about is a precious stone. Yes, They're absolutely worthless. not. Mm-hmm. It's the Jews who made Cecil it out. Rhodes, Cecil Rhodes, yeah. with all of his gold, uh, diamond mining down in Africa, is the one that got it to be a big deal. Diamond yeah. used to not be nothing, folks. Mm-hmm. He, the Jews who sent him, they withheld the supply of diamonds so that there were few around. That's what jacked the prices of them up. Yep, and in Arkansas, there's a whole mountain full of diamonds, and they won't let nobody get them, but that's another story within itself. Keep on reading, brother. Yes. And around about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. Okay, here comes these four and twenty elders. Who in the world are the four and twenty elders. The pre-tribulation rapture, folks, will tell you that all of a sudden, in two verses, that this is typifying, and then they'll run to typification, this typifies the church. That these 24 elders typify the church, and we'll get to why they say that, okay, in a, little, in a few minutes. Well, Brother Chad, how long have we been on? Uh, we're now hour and 30 minutes. Okay, we're going to go just a few more minutes. We're going to shut her down. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Okay, just stop right there. They had on their head crowns of gold. I want to tell you now, these crowns of gold, look it up if you don't believe me. Don't you believe nothing I'm saying, folks? Check it out yourself. Be a Berean. 
Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Search the Scriptures daily to see if these things be true. Okay? Acts 17, 11. Be a Berean. Real quick, Brother Dave, turn to chapter 11. But I'm, while you're turning to chapter 11 again, I want you to tell these folks, these crowns are not the crowns of rulership. These crowns are crowns of reward. You don't, and don't you believe the word I just said? You check it out for yourself. They're not crowns of rulership like would be on the Lord's head. They're crowns of reward. The name's different. And things that are different are what, Brother Chad? They are not the same. Thank you. Chapter 11, Revelation chapter 11, I want you to go down to where the witnesses are caught up, and then I want you to go to the third, where it starts talking about the woes. There'll be a paragraph marked there. I want to show y'all something. Revelations eleven twelve, And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. Okay, that's ascended. the last time come up hither is mentioned. It's only mentioned three times in Scripture. That's the last time. Keep on reading, brother. Yes. Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And now you want me to go to... No, keep right on going. Keep, oh, right, okay. keep right on going. I'm trying to get down to verse 14 and below. Certainly. Verse 12. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither, and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And the earthquake were slain, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the raiment, remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Okay, it makes mention of a remnant that gives glory to God. Okay, watch verse 14 because. Yeah, the second, that was the second woe. All that other stuff up there took place during the second woe. Now we're fixing to get to the tail kicking time, the time that the Lord talks about in Matthew 24 and Mark 13. It's a time period where he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna destroy those that destroy the earth. I want you to watch close what happens. Go ahead, brother. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. Okay, now this, so this third woe comes at the sounding of the seventh angel. Go ahead, brother. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever Okay, the, verse 16 all of a sudden pops up what we just read in chapter 4. These same guys. Go ahead. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and twast and art to come because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. Okay, thy wrath is come. Paul tells you plainly we're not appointed to wrath. So if you got out above here, you're not catching this wrath down here. Continue. Watch what happens. This is the judgment seat of Christ. 
the judgment seat of Christ takes place in between in the last of the seventh trumpet between the second and the third woe. Remember, and once you get, dimensionally speaking, once you get into the heavenly realm, there is no time there. So however long it takes, it don't make no difference. But let's watch what happens. Here it is right here in verse 18. Go ahead. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come in the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Bingo. Bingo. There's where your judgment seat of Christ takes place, folks. This ain't got nothing to do with a general judgment where nobody's rewarded for squat. That they all wind up in the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment. This ain't got squat to do with the great white throne judgment. Nothing. Nothing. You don't see nothing but saints here. Okay? The ones that are destroyed are destroyed on the earth by the wrath of God. Verse 17. Okay? In verse 16. The wrath of God's poured out at the seventh trumpet, at the seventh seal, seventh vial, and at the, the third woe. That's what's just happened. And just in, in from verse from verse twelve, from verse whatever verse you started reading that, down here to the end. Read verse nineteen, brother, and we'll shut her down for tonight. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake. And great hail. In other words, all hell's fixing to take place on the earth. This is what's fixing to happen. There's going to be a time down here when he destroys them that destroy the earth like never has been since creation, nor ever shall be ever again. That's what's going to happen. Okay? That's when it'll probably, this is guessing, folks. I know uh, this is a supposition. I'm assuming. It's my opinion. I can't, I don't know how to say it any other way. Five months of it, okay? That's what. That's the conclusions that I come to. All right. Any questions in the chat room? And we'll go back and pick up in chapter four, and I'll show you the biggest. Um, the biggest. I'm going to use the word. No, I'm not. But I'll show you the biggest jewel that the pre that the pre-trib rapture folks have that they can use. I'll show you their biggest their biggest um, hammer that they can slam next week. Okay. Any, any any questions in the chat room? That's no questions there. Okay. Well, if there is no questions, um, do you do you too? Do y'all did y'all follow what I was saying? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Real quick, let's uh, since there's no questions, then go back to chapter four, brother, and give us one more verse, and then. Uh, Brother um, brother Dave, you can dismiss us in a word of prayer. Okay. Revelations 4, verse 5. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. There's them seven spirits of God. Earlier we saw the seven candlesticks. 
talked about in chapter one. Well, here are these burn this burning fire lamps of burning fire, and they're the seven spirits of God. Huh? Big S. Seven spirits of God. What about the Holy Spirit as a person? Raises questions, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, this whole book raises a bunch of questions. Anyway, if there's no questions, then uh, Brother Dave, go ahead and dismiss us in a word of prayer, Brother. Yes. Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for the revelation of yourself unfolding here tonight in this book. And as we continue to study it, I pray that you will bring these words to our memory and to our hearts to contemplate on throughout this week. And I pray that you would lead us to study certain aspects of of the book of Revelations and associated verses that are line upon line, precept upon precept, revealing the same things. I, I pray that we could, Lord, when we study this revealing of you, that we would truly be able to understand this book of the revelation of Jesus Christ once and for all, that we would have the main doctrines taught in it at least clear in our minds, Lord, that we be not led astray by all the voices, all the teachers, all the so-called teachers and prophets and ministers, some of you and some who are not of you, that say so many different things, and there are only a few things that are true, and they are the things that you speak in your word about yourself, this plethora of words in the scriptures have the truth and so many voices speak so many things with only a few things being true. We pray, Lord, that as we get this solidified in our understanding and in our spirit, that we would be able to lead others also and not be led astray by these voices. But once we entertain them in one area, it's easy to entertain them in another mm-hmm. area and one slippery slope leads to a path of destruction and Lord Jesus, I pray that you would save your people from false doctrines, from lies that lead them down paths to destruction of the flesh, not that their spirits will be destroyed, but that they can have their testimony destroyed and their life destroyed through lying spirits. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit teach us and that all lying spirits are bound by your will, by your glory, by the blood of Jesus. I pray that you teach us and only you by the Holy Spirit teach us. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 Brother Chad, Brother Dave, I want you all to write down down this so I don't forget it. Next program, I want to hit Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Psalms chapter 27, verse 5, and Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 3. Okay? Don't let me forget that Zephaniah next Zephaniah 2, 3? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to tie, tie it in with what we're talking about now because we ain't finished talking about this yet. All right, then. Um, Brother Chad, you got any questions? Uh, I do, but I can't put them in words right now. So I will, uh, <laughs> it's okay, brother. You can you can always put them into words later. <laughs> yeah. No problem. <laughs> no problem. And, and <laughs> uh, amen, brother. 
that's good. It's good that you got questions. Absolutely. Yeah, this is not. Uh, this isn't. This isn't like a, a walk down a, a well beaten path. No, so it's not. And no, it's you know, not. And you and and to think for it, it's been being walked down. It should be well beaten, but that just shows you. I I know the Lord is just grinning. I know yeah. He is after two thousand years. He's just smiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, brother Dave, you can give the contact information. Okay, contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number three three four three nine seven two three. Three three. Again, that is three three four three nine seven two three three three. The email address is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. Again, that's respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. The mailing address is three one five five. Louisville Street, Apartment D1. Louisville is spelled L-O-U-I-S-E-V-I-L-L-E. Louisville Street, Apartment D, as in Don, D1. Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please come again. Good job, Brother Dave and Brother Chad and Brother Kevin, and I appreciate you folks being there in the chat room. Lord willing, we'll be back Sunday night, and we'll pick up here again with part three of chapter four, and I'll hit on that stuff that I didn't get to talk about tonight. See there, Brother Kevin, I told you I was going to learn to cut it down shorter, Brother. <laughs> brother Chad, I told you I was going to do it, didn't I, Brother? <laughs> you did it, my man. You did it. <laughs> Because, man, trust me, I'm sitting here etching to go. I could go another hour and a half. Good night, everybody. Good night, Pastor. Good night, Chad. Talk to you Sunday, Brother Kevin.